Rocking chair, chair sessions. sessions. With Elisa Di Batista, Maria Teresa Barbara. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 108, with artist Karen Reifus. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> We're excited to have you. I think. Um, there's been two previous exhibits where we've approached you and asked you, can you sit with us? And you're like, yes, yes, and scheduling or something or the other. We haven't had the chance, but today's the day. Yes. <laughs> We're so excited. <laughs> We're so excited. We have you sitting down with us. And um, I just, I guess, can we kick off and mention what the chair reminded you of when you first saw it? I thought that was so <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, I guess so. Lily's <laughs> <laughs> putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, well, it reminded me of uh, Andy Warhol's uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Execution uh, electric, electric chair. chair. <laughs> but uh, I don't feel that way. I feel very comfortable. Thank oh, that's you. Great. Well, it's a very iconic image, and it's very kind of like um, stark and so visual that I take that as a compliment. And Andy Warhol is pretty great. So. Was Was Andy Warhol sitting on that chair? No, no, just no, the chair no. But itself. there's and because of the repetition of the chairs mm -hmm. too, and he repeated the chair over and over and over again, and it's kind of. Uh, all-encompassing here it's not the baby rocking chair no it's not right you're kind of like yeah especially because um shout out to artists about again for our new microphones but the microphone boom arm is kind of now holding you in yes. the chair so you can't I'm really stuck. I can't move. anymore <laughs> it could still glide it's so funny yeah i have to look up that image again well we were more or less talking about um the beginnings of the big house and studios here. Um, when did you have your first studio space, Karen? Oh dear. Um, my first paying, <laughs> where I had to pay studio yes. space, um, after I graduated in 1987 with a master's, I Michael Flick, who was an artist at that time, but he also had Bon and Ashley Antiques, and he had warehouse space where he was repairing furniture. So he invited me to have a little space in his um, warehouse, and I contributed a, um, a a drill, a good drill, and he had the rest <laughs> of the tools. So it was very convenient. I think it's always so it was not great, just yeah. the studio space it was already like a shop it basically. was a shop wow. it was a shop and I could and that was very good for me because I could uh, get help from <laughs> the people that work there and, and also it, I think like leaving the kind of like sanctuary or like safe um, and also um, tool enriched location that is a, a graduate program or even a school you leave and then you don't have that anymore to, so to find a fellow artist who does have those supplies was right quite so nice. it, so we had kindred interests and and also at that time I was uh, working with bronze and I was still I was teaching at UM so I would produce the 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 waxes at Michael Flick's uh, warehouse but then I um, would go to UM and and um, cast them and so they had an actual uh, yes, foundry. Yes, foundry. Amazing. Yeah, I would. I was still working there as a teacher, so I could do that. And uh, then I come back here and, and 
to Michael Flicks and, and grind them and cut them and weld them and uh, get a little help lifting. And so it was convenient. So that was my first space. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Wow. I, f- I feel like um, having a foundry that is, you know, that you can work in bronze, it's just like... Um, Kind of like a far, far away dream for me right now. I saw the Nicole Eisenmann sculptures at the Whitney. Did and, you? And my friend Bernadette Despujols, who we already had on the rocking chair, she was like, oh my God, this is bronze. This was a lot of work to, like, this was difficult to make. Uh-huh. I wouldn't even have thought of that she did it in bronze, you know, but it was really in bronze. Yeah. But it's just such a process, right? It's like a commitment. It's like- it is a commitment, but it, it starts out with wax, which is very giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, I made sure that my my fingerprints and my rhythms of my hands were all over the wax, and, and they were linear, just like my sculptures are today. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love but, how that crossed over then, because I was I was curious. I was like, I know what your string as well as your latest sculptural work mm-hmm. look like, but I wasn't aware of what your bronze pieces looks like. So they were they in were fact, very linear, yeah, um, almost like well, I I make sections and weld them together. So mm-hmm. uh, and then you could make curves or anything, but but uh, it's an easy it's a good process because you can take dowels and work the wax over them or you can cut up round shapes you know on the table saw or, or the band saw or whatever so i enjoyed that for a long time yeah did he have the welding equipment as well and you'd borrow the I, helmet and the jacket I, and- I did and then when i i moved across the street uh, to a warehouse and and got my own t- tig welder and and uh, compressor and all that kind of stuff that's great and then finally um the the rents kept going up and up and up and and i had space in my uh at home to build a studio so i built a thousand square feet at home wow yes that's dream (laughs) with a hoist and tig welders and the whole bit so and i paid it off uh, by teaching yeah that's amazing that's yeah. incredible. That's, I mean, and that was such a wise investment, right? Because it was. It was a smart. Kept, it was a smart yeah. investment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was when did you start with um, like bronze work, with sculptural work in general? Was that during MFA or was that before already? Uh, I think I did a little. Um, well, I, I, I had a degree in education from the University of Miami, mm-hmm. and uh, then I taught, and then I had children, and then when my children were old enough to uh, be in school all day, I went to Miami-Dade and took all the courses there over and over again. Uh, a lot of courses with Bob Huff, who was a dear friend, and uh, I taught for him eventually after I got my M- uh, MFA. But so I took all those courses there, and then I went over to uh, FIU, and I took courses over there, and then realized I could go back to UM and just not take the math and all that kind of stuff again, but just take uh, go for a BFA and an MFA. So my BFA, I worked a lot with, um, as I had it, um, uh, Dade South, um, with um, fiberglass and resins and plexiglass and vacuum forming stuff. And 
Then eventually, for my MFA, I did fiberglass and resins and wood structures, which then I was admitted into the uh, MFA program. And then I primarily ended up uh, specializing in bronze casting. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and leaves and stand leaves. <laughs> so I would combine, and, and I moved into this house with um, like 60, 70, 80 oak trees in the backyard, oh, wow. and they would fall, the leaves would fall on my deck. And so I would pick up the, um, the leaves, and what do you do with them? I had to use them. So I would make piles of leaves in galleries, or I'd make piles of leaves around these bronzes. So the bronzes were interacting with the, the leaves. Sometimes um, uh, the bronzes that I made uh, were put down, the leaves were put around it, and the bronze was lifted. And so there was this empty space or um, just all kinds of things that happened with leaves and bronze. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, the bronze occupied my whole master's program. I can imagine. That's like... Yeah. Um, and was it always sculpture for you? Like, were you always, like, clear and that's the direction you wanted to go at the time? It was. Mm -hmm. I mean, since I was a kid, um, I mean, I, you know played a little bit but I always liked uh, forming things out of clay or three-dimensional and yeah and I don't know how today I'm painting but I know but it's right weird. it's like well it's you're weird. you're playing in between a little bit right I the am. last show I'm, already it was installation and Emerson Dorsch was already like uh with it kind of remind reminded me of of that when you said it was um minimal geometric shapes that mm -hmm. you also did in bronze, right? Correct. So the last um, show that, a solo show that you had at Emerson Dorsch Gallery in Little Haiti had the, the paintings that are also minimalist, geometric, mm -hmm. abstract paintings, right? And But you also had this one sculptural I piece, did. right? I did. Yeah. And the, the other thing about... Um, uh, well, from bronze to the cord or whatever, I'm still dealing with the same issues in the paint. Mm -hmm. I, um, in, in sculpture, when you, when you walk around, especially a linear sculpture like over there, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, from every angle, it, it looks different. And mm -hmm. so these same principles are coming into my paintings. I, I started the way uh, leaves or cord would cross in the chord pieces, I became aware of the shadows. I became aware of how they change as across, and so I wanted to put that in the paintings. It was just another avenue to to do that in the paintings and mm -hmm. the drawings. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And we actually picked um, one of your green paintings for the preview. Maria loved it. She's like this one because I couldn't find a lot of. Um, the sculptural ones that didn't have people in it and so I'm like Maria I'm having a heart and she found that one she really liked and that it. was and when you now talk about leaves that uh -huh. that green it was like there's green there's a um Aqua a rich teal. um 
orange. It's an orange too. A little bit of a, a lighter green or an ochre like almost. But three mm -hmm. different colors. But when you talk about leaves, it kind of remote that painting came mm -hmm. to my mind too. Although the leaves that I used were always had fallen off the trees and Which they were, were like, they were so brown. They were not green. They were brown. Which reminds me of the first time I encountered your work, which was at the Bernice Diamond Gallery that was on Miami Avenue. And uh -huh. you had they weren't large leaves, but they incorporated fiber. So you went from doing resin, then the bronze. When did you enter fiber work? When did that strike you? And then you incorporated the leaves. Um, well, I did a couple installations. Well, I had the leaves. And one, one reason I started stitching, and they're stitched on an old uh, Singer sewing machine. Oh, I love that. I have three of them, and I, <laughs> I'm still stitching leaves on occasion. But um, they were, I had to send an installation uh, or something to Mexico. And so I made a maquette, a model, and then uh, stitched the leaves. And then they, they in Mexico, they, they hung them up. So I knew that I needed to send something lightweight, get it down there. And so I did. And then... It was intriguing because I think your best work comes from your experiences. And I, I had stitched, I had made my own clothes for, for a long time. Really? Yes. I couldn't afford <laughs> to get what I liked, so I would, I would stitch, yeah. Did you learn in school or did somebody teach you? Uh, well, I had a neighbor who was really good about helping me uh, figure out That's how to okay. put a pattern together. But... Uh, and my grandparents bought me a, a very nice Singer sewing machine, so, and I had it, and it worked. And uh, yeah, so there goes the stitching. <laughs> but I, but I it's never cheap, did. I mean, you know, you think of what can you do, it's, yeah. it's a cheap what you material. Have you. And then it, it, it's very intriguing, the leaves, it's very mesmerizing to run them through the machine, mm -hmm. and you have all these rhythms and patterns. Um, so you, and you can put them together and make wonderful little installations or big installations. What kind of leaves did you use? They're oak leaves. Oak, so they're it's, small. It's the Florida oak. So it's, it's really an evergreen. Mm -hmm. They say it's an evergreen. And it's waxy and hard and it's like a bay leaf almost. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's dry, it'll never decay. As a matter of fact, going back to Michael Flick's warehouse, he had a fire in the warehouse, and I was storing leaves, and the, the fire got really hot. The leaves didn't burn, but the plastic bags that they were in melted away, oh, and wow. you saw them just sitting on the shelves. So, Amazing. yeah, they're good leaves. Yeah, I recommend them. <laughs> Talking about archival. Fire assistant. Archival, archival material. Archival. I was just wondering, because... I have a sewing machine that's right behind you there. It's not as nice as yours, I'm sure, but uh, I got it from Pip Brand, actually. Oh, that's a good source. <laughs> yeah. And I was just wondering how you were able to kind of stitch through the leaves without breaking them, right? Because, but but uh, those leaves well, are sturdy. They're, they're sturdy, mm -hmm. and there's a secret. I'll oh. tell you my secret. <laughs> it's um, a very fine needle, mm. and I have a rubber tr uh, presser foot. Uh, like you know, tread under it's the presser foot. It's all about foot. the foot. Ah. I had a classmate who was taking classes at Parsons for Fashion, and she was. It was depending what material she was utilizing, she had to switch up the foot. It's all about the foot and the needle. 
Uh-huh. And that little rubber thing that so pushes. pushes. So it's yeah. like it was like a uh, a running stitch. Like in the old days, you'd put a like a little uh, belt buckle, little st- stitch mm-hmm. belt buckle. Anyway, I remember running stitch. I was taught how to sew in high school, uh huh, middle school actually. I made a skirt. Didn't look good. It looked disco eighties. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, my best friend Marie and I wore it. My friend was named Marie. You were too. both Maria. Yeah, this is a good story. We went to the what was called the Oogie party, which is like the first party. We were twelve or thirteen. And we were we were going to the party in matching skirts that we had sewn in class. It was hilarious, awesome. and it was like this really like um, '80s pattern. You know, uh-huh. I, I can't even describe it. It was colorful and very like a lot of motifs or a lot of lines. I don't know. Those patterns Funny. are also very geometric. So I'm wondering, like, when you had to buy your own patterns, did you go to the store and select the dress or the outfit that you liked and then with your own fabric make your patterns? Mm-hmm. Oh. I love picking material. I mean, I've had way more material than I could ever sew. But yeah, the, and patterns are really, I mean, when you when you think them. about cutting wood or cutting the patterns. Uh, you know, steel or something, which mm-hmm. I also did, I mean, that basic yeah. knowledge saves you a lot of money and, and whatever. It yeah. cause you to think. Mm-hmm. cause you to think about how, how. You know, in a sculpture, you have to think what you're going to do first, what you're going to do second. It's a terrific, you know, learning source. Yeah, your steps and everything overlapping. Yeah. That's really yeah. great. But the funny story about uh, the, one of the first things I made, you know, if you your sleeves, if you put the sleeves in backwards, that's a mistake. And I did, and I had to. I wore this outfit out to dinner or something or other. It was very tight and uncomfortable. But <laughs> and then you figured out. I that figured it out that I had the sleeves in backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I, ne- I never got that far. I, mean, I think the skirt was as far as I got. I, we made something else. I don't remember. It must have been some kind of, I, I don't know if I ever, because the skirt was just like a, you know, it just went a around, like very simple. Yeah, it has like a, had like a stretch thingy on the top, and I have a, I have a picture I'm going to show you sometime. I'll have to look for that. <laughs> I was curious about the clay you mentioned. Um, where was the clay sourced, and where were you born? Are you, were you born in Miami? Chicago. No, I was born in Chicago. Okay. But um, at, at about five years old, I moved to Atlantic City, New Jersey. And uh, I, I guess there was a community center. That we used to walk on the boardwalk to the community center, and I used to make little clay figurines when I was six, seven years old or something or other. Yeah, but I mean, I, again, took uh, many courses in clay and my first figurative sculptures were clay and yes, but that was down here. I moved here when I was 12. Oh. So. Was there any reason, if I may ask, for your moving from location to location, just work, perhaps, for your folks? Uh, well, the, there were family mm-hmm. family reasons. Uh, my father was killed in an airplane crash, oh, and sorry. so my mother moved back to uh, New Jersey, where her family was. I'm sorry, Gary. Yeah, mm-hmm. but life goes on. Mm-hmm. And then for for. Uh, financial reasons my parents thought it would be a good opportunity to move here more affordable yeah magic city 
more opportunities. Yeah. So I went to Ponce de Leon Junior High School. <gasps> My sister went there for a year. Uh-huh. You were right by the University of Miami. Right. So it's right. on your doorstep. It was. It was. Did you envision yourself going there? Um, well, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was the closest I'm just school. thinking because like, you had been to other states, so I was like, did you want to get away from home or were you okay just, you know, well, just being here? Well, I went away to high school. Okay. I did. I went to a girls' school. I went to Milwaukee Downer Seminary. Boarding school? A boarding school. Seminary. Catholic? Or was it Catholic? No, 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 it wasn't. It was House of Learning as a seminar. seminary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too cold. And then I decided, well, I'll go home. After <laughs> so that. I, I mean, after the snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I got my undergraduate degree at UM. That's exciting. And that was edu- education first, right? Uh, you got your. Well, I one time wanted to be an anthropologist, I think. Yeah. <laughs> But then reality hit in, and, and teaching sounded like a good, a good alternative. And I, I taught first grade. Oh, I taught first grade age. before there were kindergartens. So I got the little the students when they were just bright and eager and Excited didn't have any um, you know, inhibitions about being in school. Most of them. Some of them had already been ruined <laughs> by a few. <laughs> or repeated. But, that happened too. Yeah. yeah. I, I love teaching. Um I, I um, did some uh, tutoring for a while, one-to-one tutoring, and after my degree, uh, uh, master's, I went back and started teaching at UM, and then Miami-Dade, and then uh, New World, and I taught there for, oh, 20 years or so. Wow. And always sculpture or painting, well, I, too? Actually, I, for some reason, I would always end up... Well, I taught sculpture at, uh, at, at uh, Kendall Campus. Mm-hmm. But I always taught... Um, usually taught uh, 3D design okay. mm-hmm. and warp, which was workshop for art, art research and practice. Um, so I would get all the New World students. Um, they're usually 40 in a class. Wow. And um, and it was visiting all the venues and galleries and museums in uh, Miami and then making their artwork. But it was usually made outside of class and then critiqued in class. So it was, That's it was, pretty great, though. It was yeah. great. It was great. And I, I had some wonderful students um, that have, that you see around today and... All grown up. All grown up. And they still give me a little kiss. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. So I did enjoy teaching. It's, it's, well, you learn so much when you're, you're teaching. Um, and you, a lot of the things that I made them do, I had to do myself. So mm-hmm. I've made all kinds of sculptures from, from um, found object to... I don't know, wood to plexiglass to everything. Plaster, paper, cardboard, just a little bit of everything, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was all there. Handmade paper, oh, everything. Fine. With the pulp and the blender. With the pulp, I have a five-gallon <laughs> daiquiri blender. <laughs> that, and I, w- I made sheets that were uh, as large as, um, I would build frames oh, and wow. um, 
take screening and pl plastic under the screening, fill it with paper pulp, uh, half of it oak leaves from my backyard uh, that have been blended in the blender, and then uh, remove the plastic the paper would suck out. And then for a month, I'd be blowing fans on it. And the, they were like four by eight sheets of paper. They were large, thick, um, two, three inches thick. And it, the paper's great. How long I did mean, it take wow. to dry? Well, big sheets like that, a month. <laughs> you wear it in for yeah, a month. I'm just thinking the humidity. The humidity we have And here. during the day, you'd carry it outside and let it sit in the sun, and then you'd bring Cook it in. Cook a little bit. Yeah. Bring it back in. <laughs> craziness. Very much craziness. <laughs> How did you feel that teaching, making your own art, and then having your two kids, like, balancing that? How was that for you? Well... I, I just kept taking courses till, ta-da, my daughter got a driver's license and a car. Amazing. <laughs> and then I, I was like a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, I didn't balance it that well uh, until they could drive because my daughter was a, a, a dancer and needed dancing from yeah. morning till night and... Yeah, but finally it was my turn. And I said, this is my job now. I'm in the master's program. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> and I, I took it very seriously. And back then, people used to sleep in the dorms, sleep yeah. in, 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 in the studios at University of Miami. working all and night. I don't think right? they do that anymore. But, I highly doubt it. But, uh, I, like, at SFAI, I had, I had um, friends who stayed all night in the studios, uh -huh. every night. They were just there. They were. Ju they just lived there. And there was a couple of undergrad students who got like a piece of wall. That the really good ones, they got a piece of wall. That's it. Not a whole studio, because the undergrads, you know, they, didn't, they don't usually have a studio space, and they would be like there all the time. It sounds like such every a night, luxury. Yeah, every night. We got kicked out at two, and not even at two. We got kicked out at one. 50. Oh, you didn't have 24 hour no, access? I wish. Where did you go? Parsons from oh, New Parsons. Masters. Yeah, it would have been great to be there all the time, but it is what it is. You yeah, we, it. we had 24 hour access, and that was here at the Bakehouse, too. We have 24 hour That's access. Amazing. And I feel like it's so important for for people just to, because people work differently. Like some people work at night, some people work in the morning, and it's. Yeah. It's I'm a really, bit of a night owl, so it's great. You, you, you would be here Maria all night. Maria would be here during the day, and then I would show up in the evening and sometimes be here at like 2. And if I took off the day of work or the next day, I'd be here till like 6 a.m., you know, just yeah, working Yeah, she in would be studio. one of those night owls. I, would, I, I, would, could, I could be too, but yeah, I, I, could, I, could, I yeah. still have a husband at home. Only during <laughs> deadlines. He would, he would uh, notice that you're not yeah, home. Yeah, you would notice. <laughs> and I can't function the next day either yeah. anymore, so... Yeah. <laughs> when did you finally go from being this instructor and teaching at these amazing schools and then eventually just independent artists? Like, when did that leap happen? Well, it was easier back then, I think, than it is for artists today because there, there were more opportunities to show and there were fewer artists. So, um, let's see. I, I guess I had some... Uh, group shows and shows at University of Miami right after I graduated. Um, new, uh, Miami-Dade had a, a, a downtown program and I got to show there. Uh, 
I guess one of my first um, one-person shows, and that was bronze and leaves and handmade paper. And then uh, uh, one of my professors, it, uh, it worked that way that through your professor, the, he he talked to the gallery, and I was invited to show with Gloria Luria Gallery, which was one of the old-time galleries in Miami. Mm-hmm. So I've always been lucky about getting my work out. So most most of my work I've exhibited. Now I'm making too many drawings. <laughs> but but it was easier then, and, and I've always been lucky. I mean, I haven't made a fortune, that's for sure. But I've but been able to, able to get my work out. Opportunities to show. I, and yeah, I've been lucky. But you've yeah. also made the work. I feel like you wouldn't be able to show if you weren't making work I continuously. I make a lot of work. You know? I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's one of the secrets is... When, when you put in the time, yeah, eventually have to get a little better. <laughs> I think, you know, or or you, or you you finally realize why you're doing something. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, you know. What am I, what am I doing, throwing this stuff around? I mean, what am I trying to say, or or how 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 is it working? So, I think it's mm. the hundred thousand hour rule, right? That. Um, is like when you do something for a hundred thousand hours, then you're you're good at something. Yeah. You know that's what that's what the Beatles well, did. I'm gonna write that down. Like that. I'm very good at eating <laughs> or sleeping. Or right? sleeping. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> so good at sleeping. Actually, not true. I'm not the best sleeper no, ever. But <laughs> no, um, but you have to put in your time. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I feel like the this. Um, at least that is what you can control, right? I feel like the rest, like you said, it's not as. I don't. I don't think it was easy back then either. I think you were just really good. I was. From re- the I was really lucky. I think. Yeah, I was but, really lucky, and it, and for some reason, um, well, nobody else was stitching leaves, <laughs> so that was something yeah. novel. Yeah. And um, and and I when I was doing all this, I basically got my met I was 40 mm-hmm. so I mean I I knew how to organize I knew how to you know accomplish what I wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. and uh, I think that helps too mm-hmm. and and also being a little bit older um, when I got really serious I I didn't I went my own way I, I didn't I guess I wouldn't have been in, well, the only graduate school I could have gone to was UM because that was the only one in town and I couldn't leave town. But I guess I wouldn't have been a good candidate for, uh, you know, another school that they want to they want to have something to teach you so you have to kind of follow their direction. I just followed my own crazy way. <laughs> um, I call it the gut. I feel like there's something there's a difference between being an undergrad and you're learning all the elements and just like the traditional formal things and you're you have these instructors that are just like showing you basically the history of art but i think when you're in your master's program one would hope is that you get to express yourself 
and what you envision. I think that's mm-hmm. the ultimate. Yeah. Although I, I think it doesn't always happen. I think but it's, you know nice. you, you see people from different schools that come out conceptual, or they come out this way, or they come out that way. Or, so, but I, I just wanted to make art and. <laughs> They left me alone to make art. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a good school if they do that. Yeah, I, I had a teacher, a painting teacher, beautiful, um, amazing man, um, Dewey Crumbler, and he said, "There is nothing that I can teach you that is not in the painting that you made. You know, if you just keep looking at your paintings, uh-huh. you're gonna you're gonna learn what you have to do next and the next lesson that you have to learn. So just keep looking. And then I thought uh-huh. that state with me. Like there are, there are a couple of, I think there are teachers that you have that they say something and it's, it's just gonna stay with you, with you for the rest of, that was for the rest of your life. It's just gonna stay with you. And then mm-hmm. I try to follow some of them. Did you have any of those teachers, Karen, who said something that struck you and kind of stuck with you? Well, I had one that said, um, you know, you're, you know, you'll find a way to say what you want to say, and basically that's that's what we're all trying to do is figure out what we want to say and how we want to say it. I mean, whether it's just visual or conceptual or political or whatever, you did. You just find the way. Mm-hmm. Your own path. Yeah. I'm curious because um, I think it was like 2000 and I want to say 10 when I recalled your fiber pieces with the actual maple leaves. Um, sorry, was it maple leaves? Oak, was, oak, oak leaves. leaves. Oak leaves um, stitched to them. And then all of a sudden when I went to the baths, I was like, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> no leaves. <laughs> I no. was blown away. There was, it was linear. There were lines. Uh-huh. So I, I made that connection that it was still you. But why color? Why painting? When did this happen? All right. (laughs) Well, um, after a while, I decided that with the stitch leaves, that I was more interested in the structure than I was um, this semi-environmental, you know, feel good about leaves kinds of thing. And and I so I dropped the leaves, and I went to cord. Yes. Um, so there was cord, and I was still very much influenced by architecture. I mean, all the cord pieces were a response to the architecture that was around me. So it was site specific, mm-hmm. and um, and I was very much influenced by the Bauhaus and the constructivists and Mondrian and and you know all of these features and I stuck to primary colors with the cord I don't know if you saw any cord pieces but red Red. and yellow Mm -hmm. and white and black I mean you know very traditional and I felt that 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 was my my calling you know this this is what sculpture is about it's and, and but then I um and did a couple installations. One was at Under the Bridge uh, with Luann Kalodny. She invited me, and I did a cord piece, a red cord piece. And but then it was a small space, and I couldn't, I couldn't uh, 
put any more cord in that space or it would just conflict with one. So I, there was this like under the stairs place and I painted it black and it was this funny kind of shape and I painted another one next to it and then painted two across the room. Mm -hmm. And then there was um, a red door to red to under the bridge, red bridge and under the bridge. And so I painted a shape and very, very much thinking about sculpture, but it was paint next to the door and how much space I would leave between the door and this painted red door and whatever. So I was painting. <laughs> and then after that, I did a, a show at a Revelo gallery and there was a chord piece that was combined with yellow um, yellow uh, background so I was painting again yellow mm -hmm. and then I um, did some other chord work where there was where I was confusing the paint with the chords so that you would lose the sense of space and perception then the next show I had was at um, it was called um, oh my gosh Meeting House Gallery. Have you ever been there? Downtown. Downtown. Right? Yeah, I, with I, the I, Christopher Columbus statues. Yeah. And I was supposed to do some chord pieces, but they kind of got hung up with the 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 space wasn't really theirs, and they didn't want to have holes in the wall and stuff. So I said, "Well, I'll paint." So I decided I was going to paint sections of arches and sections of wall, which I did, and I was about to paint this arch red and I said why am I doing this why is why is what's happening why am I thinking just about these colors what is it I mean why am I so bound to this masculine and so I painted the arch pink and that was an awakening for me I started thinking well I'm painting and why does it have to you know follow this tradition I mean I don't have to and so I just went on this explosion and, and started painting. So you're asking me painting, I'm yes. painting. <laughs> Don't ask me how, but that's how I got, I mean, that's how I got to it. And um, then I did the show at the Bass and I was, at, well, at Emerson Dorsch, which mm -hmm. we talked about the show with all the different paintings. It was yes. my first set on Arches paper. And, um, and the installation that went with it. And then I did the bass. And I, to, to make that show work, I decided I needed some big paintings. And so at the time, I, I, I took, put two pieces of Arches paper together, 45 by 40. So I had 90 by 90. And fronted, put front one in the front and one in the back. I don't know if you saw the show or yeah. not. But... but to make it work, I needed to do that. So then I was working larger. And then, um, with this color and with this larger, I, after that show was over, I decided there's something very interesting about working large, and that is you're walking, you are, it's like a sculpture installation again. You are in front of a large painting, and if you're standing on the left, you see things to the right differently if mm -hmm. you're standing on the right. I mean, Peripherally, so yeah. so I'm playing with that notion of um, perspective and 
and and movement and almost movement too, right? and, and which I also I have dancers that moved and worked, mm-hmm. and I would I would have dancers working and walking through the space, um, to to actually influence the the viewer to walk through and see the see sculptures from many different positions. Mm-hmm. So here I am and now enjoying large, colorful paintings. Um, where you become a part of the 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 work, and some of them I put in a corner, so there's eight feet on one side of the corner and eight feet on the other side mm-hmm. of the corner. So you you actually are wedged between the painting. Very much mm-hmm. thinking about space, S- space yeah. and color, and so that's what I'm working on now. And and uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm doing an art in public places project. Oh, that's so I'm exciting. I'm now taking the painting into tile work. So that's that's an exciting thing. Which makes thing. so much sense from the story that you've been just telling us, yeah. right? To take it into public spaces and uh-huh. make it big and make it last uh, so right. people can actually really move in mm-hmm. interact with it, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Right. So you already started that um, project? Well, I have uh, I, I, the the tiles are just about into production now. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So mm-hmm. August, September. Though. TBD in yeah. the works. Yeah. TBA, TBD, TB. Yeah. Is it official already where it's going to be? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's a, a Caribbean village. It's a Caribbean that's village. Lovely. It's uh, a Cutler Ridge. Yeah. Wow. So that's exciting. That's exciting. And I just did a, um, a, a bench project. Um, they they actually came out of the 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 art and public places project it was something i was thinking about and they were like two triangles and that i have a deering estate and that show just closed this weekend but my piece is cement so it's going to stay forever (laughs) but that's turquoise and orange so uh (laughs) cement in turquoise and orange Orange, well it's painted it's Mm -hmm. painted Mm -hmm. but they have the they have the right to um to um, change the colors. So probably Thanksgiving it'll be orange and black or Christmas it'll be red and green, I don't know. But I also feel that going back to the big paintings um, about where you're standing, I don't mind that change. And I did a whole series of like panel paintings where you could group them in different all along. Like I did one at the Bass all along the ceiling, but it could be three other panel pieces. I, mean, I don't mind things being used in different ways. I think it's exciting that there's not this one way, of one way to do things. So. It makes me think of those patterns, because I remember when I was little, my mom would make us like costumes for Halloween, and you had like version A, and then you had version B, or version C, or version D, mm-hmm. or these different versions. Did you ever play with those geometric shapes that you could form into different shapes or patterns? Or quilting, even? No. <laughs> that, but that was I a game, that. right? For I kids. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. And I think that was that was that was after me. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thinking like the pinwheels, <laughs> the pinwheels oh, and the, the traditional like yeah, quilting. Yeah, like the, my kids did. Uh, the angular yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah the but, quilting bees and stuff, and they would have those geometric shapes. But um, you, yeah, I I do like quilts. I mean, I've seen the Amish quilts, and and I think that influences my work too. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're really quilts and. 
So it definitely influenced my work, but, but, um, do you feel that um, for me when when I look at your structures, I also think of like Soul Levit or you know the minimalist Carmen Herrera, uh, especially with the painting. I have a Carmen Herrera no in my way. house. I'm gonna go visit you. <laughs> I had a feeling you like your work. Actually, um, when I bought the piece, I got it at a locust auction and nobody wanted it. This was like <gasps> what? 15 years ago. And I said, how can they just leave this? I mean, you know, it has to have a home. So I bought it for, I don't know, very, very little. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an addition. It's not an And uh, yeah, I have it at home. That's but um, Salawit, I've been to Dia many times, and I've seen a lot of Salawits, and I and I love his work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, just this minimal variation. Mm-hmm. Um, clean. Clean, minimal. Agnes Martin. Although yeah. right now, today, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm I'm exploding with with geometric forms and it's not an Agnes Martin but but for a long time my drawings were very much in, influenced by this mm-hmm. or I would call it poetry and Solowitz's wonderful line and so yeah I like that Yeah it's definitely like you're I feel like you are going towards even for even I don't know if it's more minimal, but it's definitely this, you know, leaving the organic kind of shapes more behind, right? I'd say there's yes and there's no. There is a minimal in that it's clean, like it's finished, Mm -hmm. like very, like I would call it sexy, but then I feel like it's still (laughs) Explain that, explain that. A finished fetish. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with beauty. It's like, like, I think like there's a sheen to it. Like even in the bass, you had the pieces on the wall, which I did see that was very specific, but then you also had the floor sculpture, Mm -hmm. correct? And even partial floor painting, correct? It is true. And there was like a a gloss to it, like a sheen that it it related to like cars, and I guess cars have been Socialized to be sexy, so I don't know that kind of thing. Well, actually, it was vinyl, and it was it was in, it was installed by somebody who um, covers cars. Wow! I mean, that's his so. his his profession. <laughs> is he, he he wraps cars? Wraps cars, right? So, but but that beauty of that material is that it it reflects different mm-hmm. colors and reflects. So it it, it gives you dozens of different colors and different dozens of different perspectives it's it's a but it still material. explores the lights and the shadows that you're interested in mm-hmm. right but but then then also um i i guess in a way i'm a little anal i i i have to have have to have it finished and painted to to my specifications and that that means if it means three coats of paint or four coats of paint till it's right, it's right. It I mean, I know when right. it's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm learning. I know what it's right, um, mm-hmm. because it's geometric and it's very pres- in that precision. Mm-hmm. It has to be. You know, it's not like. Like a mantra. A, it has to have very it has specific. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the clear lines. I, I, I agree now. I was first like sexy, but it's true. It's like this, the, especially I feel like... It has nothing to do with being a woman. It could be a man and it could be sexy. No, like I find it, Judd's work so sexy. Like that's uh-huh. just, yeah. 
that's also how your brain works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's there was something about this, you know, also having this kind of like bad size square where the furniture is moving over it. Am I, I putting too much into it? I think you're putting too much into but it. But it was like, also the body moving. In I think it. it's about and the it's body not like sexy in, in, the in, space. The, in the sense of like you know, kind of like. No, I talk about finishes when I use those words um, in terms is of like sharpness. Yes. No, but there was also something that is more um, the colors. It's alluring. The bright, the, the mm-hmm. bright magenta, and the, it was very, it was very, it was seductive it to me. It draws you For in. me, it was seductive. It draws yeah. you in. And then mm-hmm. the fact that there are these floor pieces, you're aware that they're somewhat permissive for you to walk around and, and see the space in a different, mm-hmm. you know, obviously don't touch because you're in a museum, but like, you know. No, you can actually touch it. I you were able to sit on it, right? You could sit oh, on I it. Didn't. I didn't on. know that. I didn't. You didn't know yeah. that? I walked across it because I saw other people walking across it, but I didn't touch the sculpture. You were able to, <laughs> yeah, you were able to sit on it. I didn't know that. I would have touched it now. Not that had I known. Oh. I'll stop by the studio and touch it. I'll ask for your permission. That's too bad. I didn't know. Okay. Um, do you have any future openings or um, I guess maybe residencies that you're interested in sharing with us? Maria, just put up the you're talking too much at least and we're running out of time signal is there anything coming up for you or just things that you might be testing uh, well let's see and I'm I'm putting together some large paintings which I hope to to show soon exciting um, and uh, Concrete. I'm just thinking about concrete, that. Concrete. Yeah. Concrete. Concrete. Like, wow. Well, and then there's. I just know. Uh, found out today. I'm um, tagged to to try out for the under the underline, which should <gasps> be fun. Whoa. So that. Sh- so maybe the concrete and the tiles will yeah. work their way into that. I don't know, but it's a good thing to experiment with and and try. That so that's exciting. coming up. Wow. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. How exciting! I have a very last question. Uh, you've been sitting in a magical rocking chair, uh-huh. and it grants you three wishes. Oh, three wishes! <laughs> you, you can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. Oh, these are the rules of the rocking chair. Oh dear, three wishes. Three wishes. What are your three wishes? Well, let's see. <laughs> uh, well, I wish that I can uh, keep on making art for a long, long time, mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I really do enjoy it, and uh, it's a challenge, and it keeps me keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And let's see, what could I wish for? Oh, a, a, lots of big, lo- big walls, because I feel like I, I, I want to work even bigger. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the third would be a place to show them eventually. The really, really big painting. The really, really big ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you for sitting with us, Karen. We're it's looking forward to seeing those paintings. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you at so least much. You'll get to see them in the studio, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to you for sitting down with us. And we'll see you all next week. Alrighty, we'll be back next week, next Monday with a new rocking chair session. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, Karen. Thank you.